Maybe then you can see me and I can see you Maybe then we'll come together as a people Tired of the pain cause it ain't new Let's come together as a people Even if we don't share the same view Welcome to the Jesus and Everything Foundation podcast. On this show, we look at all problems affecting the world and we discuss how we can solve them using the character of Jesus, unity, and decentralization of resources available to us. The character of Jesus, or as I like to call them, the Jesus character principles, are principles that whether you are a Christian or not, we can all agree on these principles. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. For every episode, we discuss a problem topic from our category list. You can find this list on the Foundation's website, jaef.foundation. We ask ourselves and listeners, what is the goal? What is the vision for this problem category? What are the potential solutions? What are the obstacles? What resources do we need? And what resources do we have? But most importantly, do these solutions and resources pass the character test? The nine Jesus character principles? If yes, then we move on to collaboration. What does this look like? This show is a platform to get the ball rolling on as many problems affecting the world as we can. We want to go beyond just talking about problems. So after the show, we collaborate by acting. First, we open the discussion floor to our listeners. Then we decentralize and open source all of our resources from brain power, manpower, utilities to capital. Before every episode, I like to ask our viewers and listeners, do you ever ask yourself, where are we going? Where is this world going? Time keeps on ticking, the day ends, a new dawn arises, and life goes on. But what is our destination? Do we have any global objectives that unite us when it comes to things like food, security, healthcare, education, or standard of living? It's a fair question to ask. If you work for a company or work for yourself, you have a general idea about your company's vision. Goal. So what is our goal, our overarching vision as the current residents of this planet? What role is your company, your city, your country playing in the big picture? And what role are you who's listening to this playing in this big picture? to this series called Quantum Faith Meets Quantum Physics. It's under our Curious Corner category. You can find the full list of topics we shall cover under this category on our website, 
jf.foundation. That is j-a-e-f.foundation. I'm excited about this series. We are going to be talking about probably two of the most important ancient realms, and yet they are the focal point of our being and existence. And we are going to explore how these two ancient realms affect each other to move the things that we see with our natural eyes. I think this is going to be epic. The first one is the quantum faith realm, a conduit for the spirit realm. The second is the quantum physics realm. Now, we're all familiar with the word physics, and I'm going to assume that at some point during your school life, you studied about physics. Now, lucky for you, there won't be any take-home assignments after listening to this podcast. Anyways, we all know that our natural world, or this physical world that we live in, is governed by natural law. That is, laws of physics. Like the law of gravity, or the law of lift that enables you to fly across the world, and so forth. Now, there is an interesting subject within physics that has emerged. It's called quantum physics or quantum mechanics. And it has turned the whole physics world on its head. It has turned the whole physics world upside down. Why is that so? Because it operates contrary to the laws of classical physics that we have grown accustomed to. What makes quantum physics really interesting is that it operates very similar to how things operate in the spirit realm, that is, in the kingdom of God. What do we know? Turns out Jesus' miracles, such as walking on water, weren't just myths and fables. So we are going to explore these two realms and see how they feed off of each other because our lives are directly affected by each one of them. Now, if you've listened to one of our series called Science is God's Playground, you've probably heard me make this statement. There are two realms, the spirit realm and the natural realm. The spirit realm is cause and the natural realm is effects, hence cause and effects. So in this series, we are going to connect the main force in the spirit realm called faith or quantum faith and its cousin from the unseen physics world called quantum or quantum physics. This will show us how this notion of cause and effects comes into play, how the physical world runs on top of the spirit realm, and how they are always constantly interacting with each other. Hebrews 1 tells us that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith, substance, created the world as we see it today. Faith became matter. And how did it become matter? Through word energy. Speaking the word released the energy into the earth and the energy became matter and manifested in physical form. Our words are so powerful because God created us in His image and His likeness. 
So the quantum world came into being when God said, light be, and light became. And then God used the same words to create the vegetation, the animals. And then interestingly enough, when he came to man, it says God created man out of the dust of the earth. I once heard a Hebrew scholar who taught on this scripture. And what he said is the word dust there better interpreted this way. And God created man out of the minute particles of the totality of all that God is. So God took the quantum realm and created man. But it says he created him after his image and his likeness. And that means that we create our world by the words of our mouth. Because the Word of God says, life and death are in the power of the tongue. What's really fascinating to me is that the more I understand our planet Earth, the more I understand about heaven. And the more I understand about heaven, the more I understand about our planet. You see, Earth was intended, it was always intended to be a copy of heaven. That's why when Jesus taught the disciples how to pray, he said, Thy will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. Thy will be done on earth as it is already done in heaven. I mean, you just have to look around and examine how a certain system functions here on earth and you will have some pretty good insight on how the original in heaven operates and looks like. Let's take online shopping for example. When you go onto an online store to make a purchase, it's nothing but a faith transaction. It really is nothing but a trust transaction. That's all that it is. For starters, you can't touch the product, you can't smell it, you can't hear it, you can't taste it, and you can't see it. You can only see a picture of it and see the reviews about it, but those two things, the pictures and the reviews, they give you enough trust in the vendor to go ahead and make the purchase. This is how God's kingdom operates. We can't see it with our natural eyes. We can't hear it. We can't taste it. We can't smell it or even touch it. But we look at the reviews and images we see described in the Bible. And this gives us enough faith. It builds up enough faith within us to go ahead and make the purchase. I've heard people, you know, they, they get mad at their cell phone and says, this stupid thing, this is the worst cell phone I've ever had. Sure enough, it gets worse and worse until finally they have to replace it. What is that cell phone made out of? It's made out of atoms. It's made out of subatomic particles. Your cell phone is listening to you in more ways than one. If you're cursing your cell phone by saying, this is the worst thing I've ever had, it's going to obey you at some point. You say, well, it's always been bad. Yes, and the more you say it, the worse it gets. So you have a relationship with that cell phone. 
you've got a relationship with your car. Now, when I start talking about relationships like that, people look at me and like, what are you talking about? I have a relationship with my spouse. I have a relationship with my child. But you also have a relationship with everything in your life. This chair, your car, your cell phone, everything is related to you in your life and how you perceive it and how you react to it and speak to it creates a dynamic that is either great or not so great. Lost in the shadows, don't know where I stand. Broken and shattered, I can't feel my hands. They've been shaking and praying and waiting for something to change in my mind. I can see that I'm blind, I've been screaming and crying. I feel myself dying, just hit everyone. Won't you give me a sign? Welcome back to episode 13 of Quantum Faith Meets Quantum Physics. We have been talking about what I believe to be the pillars of how we interact in this world. And I say that the pillar, the two pillars that everything hinges on, if you really narrow down if you strip down how this world operates, 
it comes down to two pillars, trust and words. Every transaction or interaction that happens in the physical world, business world, personal relations, romantic relationships. I mean, this whole world transacts and interacts on two key pillars, trust and words. And no one can disagree with this. The premise of how we've arrived at this is to say, this whole subject of quantum faith meets quantum physics, we're trying to really figure out, can words shape physical matter? Trust and words. From a spiritual standpoint, the trust factor, the trust pillar that we're talking about is faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Or faith gives substance to things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen before that substance comes into being. Now, there's a new, there's a section of physics, a field of physics that is catching fire, that a lot of people are, are amazed at how things operate differently in this field of physics compared to what we're normally used to when it comes to classical physics. And this is the realm, or this is the world of quantum physics. It's basically the world of microphysics. The rules that apply to classical physics are somehow, as you keep going down to the micro level of physics and down and down and down, and you just keep zooming in and zooming in and zooming in, you enter a realm of quantum physics. And the whole argument for this series has been that what scientists are discovering today is, may I say, how Jesus performed his miracles. The scriptures are clear. It says there's nothing that was created or that exists that was not created by him. So Jesus knows all about the micro world of molecular physics. And it's no surprising to me also that the two things that Jesus used to perform his miracles was faith and words or trust and words. He spoke to physical things. And we've gone through some episodes of, of saying how, of talking about how when you speak on a real solid foundation of belief, of this power force called faith, that you are able to change matter. Then one of the questions asked, can words really change matter? 
So I thought it best for us to, before we can start to think of the miracles that Jesus did, of if the world was created by words, I said, let us look at how our world runs today. Let us drill down the functioning of our world. When you really strip down everything, you're left with two things, two pillars on which every transaction or interaction happens in this world, in this physical world. And that is trust and words. And we are going to look at some examples. I also shown, um, I say that in the beginning, Jesus didn't spend a lot of time teaching people quantum physics or biology or agriculture or science. It's because there had been a violation or his creation had in fact been detached from his creation had been corrupted. His creation could not operate in what we, we could today call the quantum level of physics. So in order for us to tap into the realm of quantum physics or quantum faith, there was a redemption that needed to happen. But I did say that all the things that the main reason that, that I, I did mention that just like from a spiritual standpoint, these the quantum faith where Jesus said all things are possible to he that believes, but your inner system, your inner being, since it was corrupted by the fall of man has to become born again with what what with what the bible calls a born again spirit and that's what puts you back and gives you access to the to the to to the realm of quantum faith to the realm of all possibilities now when you mirror that you also see that in the physics realm there's a realm of all possibilities and it's called the quantum realm so all throughout this series, I've just really been trying to mirror the two and say, hey, what scientists are discovering today, the Bible already was showing us. But I say the premise of the Bible was not to teach physics, math, science, you know. The premise, the purpose of the Bible was different. Some of those things are, are coded in there and you have to really dig for them to pick out physical principles, creation, and all of these things. But there's a big, you know, uh, there's, a, there's a separate mission as to why, you know, God, supernatural being created as supernatural human beings, sent his son, Jesus Christ. It was not to teach physics. There was a more pressing key issue, which is to save souls, so that at the end of this age, if you look at some of the snippets, some of the previews of the world to come, you see that we shall entirely be operating in the realm of quantum faith or quantum physics 
without any limitation from our physical bodies. Maybe that's something we can get in at, 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 at another point. But for me, it's really fascinating that the things that people so desire right now, like teleportation, the Bible talks about teleportation. You know, moving at the speed of light. We have limitations with these physical bodies, but scripture evidently tells us that at the end of this age, the sons and daughters of God, those that accept redemption, those that have been redeemed, they receive new physical bodies. They're called heavenly bodies. They're called spiritual bodies. They're called glorified bodies. And when Jesus took on the form of on the earth, he walked in his earthly body, which could succumb to tiredness and, 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 the, and, and the limitations that our physical bodies deal with. But when he died and resurrected, then he put on his glorified body. Now, in his glorified body, he was moving at the speed of light. You almost move at the speed of thought. But he was moving at the speed of light. And there's different parts in scripture where you can see that. Where he's on the earth. And he tells Mary, who was trying to touch him after he had resurrected, and said, you, can't, you, said, you can't touch me. I have not ascended to my father and your father. So he was with Mary in the morning. He told her, you can't touch me until I first ascend to heaven. He teleported into heaven, the third heaven, where the throne of God is. And by evening time, he was back on the earth, walked through a wall, and met up with his disciples. And they were all scared. So that is coming in the age to come. This is what's fascinating when you look at the Bible without, you know, when you really look at the Bible, you can start to see how things, you know, what is life going to be like in the future after the end of this age? People think I always, some of my peers are really disturbed by trying to think, what is life going to be? Does life come to an end? What happens after? You can find all the answers to these things in the Bible. It tells you what life is going to be at the end of this age, at the end of this world, because this we are living in a, in a fallen world right now. So this comes to an end. This is wrapped up. We take on two other physical bodies, glorified bodies, glorified heavenly bodies that do not have the limitations that these bodies have. Those bodies are immortal. Uh, you move at the speed of light. You operate and have access to the realm of quantum faith or quantum physics. You're able to enter into the realm of all possibilities seamlessly. But in order for us to really understand, someone might say, well, you know, you are a Christian. Yes, I am. So you might be biased. To believe, you know, when, when I say yes, I do believe 
this world when the scriptures say in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth and then it comes down and says and God said let there be light and there was light now in this episode I really want to use some real life examples and see do words and trust really move physical matter because sometimes to understand something at a macro level you need to come down at a micro level and sometimes to understand something at a micro level you need to first go up at a macro level i always like to use them interchangeably so we're not talking about every transaction on this planet in this world every interaction happens on two pillars that is words and trust or words and faith business value and money business value and money is exchanged to basically bring words to pass and not to bridge trust. Let us look at this. The Gospel of John says, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word became flesh. So, it says, in the beginning, this is John chapter 1, was the word. And then, a couple verses down, so this is John chapter 1, verse 1, says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. But then it goes down in verse 14 and says, And the word became flesh and did. It says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father. It's talking about Jesus, full of grace and truth. Scripture talks about that Jesus Christ was the written word. He, he, he symbolizes both the written word and the living word. Before he became, he took on the person of the written word, of the living word. He was the written word. So he says he was made flesh and dwelt amongst us. And says, and, and he was full of grace and truth. Another translation is also very interesting. It says, the word became flesh and did tabernacle among us and we beheld his glory glory as of an only begotten of a father full of grace and truth okay look at this i take uber not because of comfort to my destination but primarily it's convenient It's, it's because of convenience 
for me to get to the word that was spoken on time. I'm, I'm, I'm going to expound on this. But first take the statement. If you really drill down to it, let's say, let me see here. Where does this come up? Okay, we, we shall probably uh, look at this in more detail somewhere. But okay, let, let us look at this. So you have an appointment. You shake, you shake, you know, you have you you, you schedule an appointment tomorrow with someone to see you at you know 8 a.m. The reasons why you take you wake up and say, okay, you do the math, you do the calculation, like I won't get there in time. So I'm, just, I'm you know, if I if I take transit, if I take the train, or if I do this, if I do that. So you take an Uber. Not because, because there's other means of transportation that you can take. You could ride your bike. You could ride a scooter, whatever it is. We say, okay, I'm going to take an Uber. Not, not really because of comfort to your destination, but primarily it's the convenience for you to get to the word that you say to someone, see you at nine tomorrow. So there's... There's a word and trust factor involved here. The taking the Uber or taking a different kind of transportation, taking catching a plane, all of this, that's all to bring, that's all to maintain uh, these two pillars, your word and your trust. Your trust between the words that were spoken between you and this person. You don't want to breach the trust between the words that were spoken between you and the person you're having an appointment with tomorrow. Why, why would you hire a lawyer? You hire a lawyer to protect the words that you exchange with someone else. You hire a lawyer to protect the words that you exchange with someone else in case there is a breach of trust. In case the person wants to breach trust, you hire a lawyer. Or after someone has breached the trust, between the words that you exchange with them, you hire a lawyer to reinforce those words that were exchanged between the two of you. So as you can see, when you really strip down this transaction, it's words and trust. The lawyer is just a the, the lawyer is just a component the lawyer is just like like a secondary component to protect the bounds of the words that have been spoken or exchanged between the two of you now let us also look at some something interesting here going back to john chapter 1 verses 1 it tells us in the beginning was the word. Now, word in Greek means logos, which means expressed idea. 
expressed idea. So in essence, we can say that in the beginning was God's expressed idea. And God's expressed idea, the word, was made flesh and dwelt amongst us. So, because it's in the beginning was the word. But when you go back to original Greek, it means logos. Logos means an expressed idea. So when you read John 3 16, that says, For God so loved the world, God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. You know, you can read it this way. This is a famous scripture. A lot of people, even people who don't who are not believers in Jesus Christ, they all a lot of people know John 3 16. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. That whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Now, with the understanding of the Greek that says logos, you can read this scripture to say, so it says, God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. So you can also read this as God sent, remember it says his son was the word in the beginning. He's expressed idea. So God sent the idea to save the world because the world had wrong ideas. God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. So he so loved the world. He sent the idea to save the world because the world had wrong ideas. So Jesus Christ is God's idea in a body. And also, if you really look at it, um, in Colossians, it talks about Jesus created all things. So ideas create. Jesus Christ was God's idea in a body, and he created all things. So creation comes from ideas. Ideas create. The book of Colossians tells us that all things were made by him. Him who? Jesus Christ, who was the word. And we know that the word is logos, expressed idea. So everything begins with an idea. Everything. This is this is like just a just like a little um mini side journey in here. When you when you talk about creation and innovate, ideas create. Everything begins with an idea. If you don't have an idea, you can't create nothing. If you have a small idea, you're going to create something small. If you have a big idea, you're going to create big things. But anyways, again, that might still sound like it, it's still, okay, uh, you, you're probably thinking like, okay, I, I kind of get it, but it's confusing because now we're talking about the word became flesh. The expressed idea of God became Jesus Christ in the body. God sent Jesus Christ to save the world. But this, but this 
is also interpreted as God sent the idea to serve the world because the world had wrong ideas. Now, here's another really cool example. Something that really will kind of show us that words and trust can shape physical matter and move matter around. Okay. So if we schedule an appointment to meet tomorrow at a certain time, I'm going back to this example. I really want to kind of drill down into it so that you can see. If we schedule an appointment to meet tomorrow at a certain time, two things happen. Words are exchanged and two of us actually showing up at the agreed location is because I trust you will show up and vice versa. The words that we exchange that see you tomorrow start to move physical matter. So from the moment we schedule that appointment, everything else that happens from the moment these words are exchanged is to bring these words to pass. See you tomorrow at 8 o'clock. If you really, really think about it, two people exchange words over the phone. If it's not a phone call, those words can be, the, you know, two people can exchange words over the phone. If it's a phone call, you can't even see those words. However, these words see you tomorrow at 8 a.m., the moment they are vocally stamped, confirmed, these words start to move physical things around you. These words make you go to bed earlier so that you wake up on time. These words are what make you pay for an Uber to get there on time if you are running late and taking public transit will cause you to breach those words. Why do we feel bad when we arrive late at meetings, at appointments? Why? I mean, why do we, why, why do you feel bad? Like you, you actually feel it on your inner being. When we arrive late to an event, why, why do we feel bad? Why is there so much pain when negative words are exchanged? Why? Why is it that we feel, why is it the more, the, 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 the high, the more trauma there's more trauma felt down the road from words that were spoken than even from physical abuse. Why? 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 Why is it the words affect us so much? Why is it that we feel crushed and broken when the word when, when, when the words I love you are followed up by betrayal? Why does it crush us? Why does it just 
Why can't we stand it? Why is it painful? Why do people hire lawyers and go to court and sue people for breaking trust between words that were exchanged? Why? Why? Don't you see it? Human beings are created from words. That's why whenever we breach them, it's painful because we are going against our own nature. We're going against our own being. You feel more pain and shame when you hurt a parent. This, this, is, this, is, this is interesting. Let, let us look at different levels at which the degrees of pain is elevated based on the breach of these words that are against our own being. Why do we feel hurt when there is breach of words? The pressure to wake up the pressure to go to bed at night and say you won't go to bed at 1 a.m., you'll go to bed at 10 p.m., you won't do this the previous night, you don't have enough time to cook, so you're going to order Uber Eats. I want you to see that every transaction in this world is only happening. Lawyers, businesses, technology, innovation, everything is happening on this planet because of words and trust. They are two pillars that drive everything in this planet, on this universe. It's words and trust. Business models, um, building highways, construction plants, all of this, trying to erase traffic, all of this, at the core of it, all these services are put in place, they're innovated so that we do not keep on breaching words, so that we do not keep on breaching against our own being. Human beings were created from words. That's why whenever we breach words, it's painful because you are going against your own DNA. It says, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh. Flesh came out of the Word and dwelt amongst us. Two simple words. No, one, two, three, four, five. Five simple words. See you tomorrow at 8 a.m., starts to move physical things around you. It changes what time you're going to bed. It will change what you're going to eat. It will change what time you're going to wake up. It will change what means of transportation you're going to take so that you don't breach those words. Okay. Why do you feel you feel more pain and shame when you are heart by a parent than a friend. Why? 
Why do you feel more pain when you are hurt by a parent than a friend? Why is most trauma traced back to people's childhood? It's because if you really look at it, parents have something to do with your being. Parents have something to do with your being. You see, your friends, you did not come out of the words of your friends. You came out of your parents. They originally had, originally they had, they had something to do with you coming into this world as a flesh, as, as a physical body. So you are definitely going to feel more pain and shame when you are hurt by a parent than a friend because parents have something to do with your being. Likewise, human beings are created from words. That's why whenever we breach them, it's painful because we are, it's almost we, move, we, we are moving against our own being. Also, that's why most of society's problems, specifically human character and trauma, come from broken families. Why? Why, why is it that most of our society's problems, specifically human character and trauma, come from broken families? Why? Because there was a breach of another pillar. It's called trust. There was a breach of trust by the people who brought you into this world. So everything, drug addictions, sexual immorality, sexual perversion, um, um, you know, molestation, rape, theft, stealing, killing, murder, anything that you would put in the category of sin that our world deals with. Most people partake in those things. And if you trace it back, it's because of a broken childhood. But what really happened? There was a breach of trust by the people who brought you into this world. So if entire businesses enti if entire businesses and services are built on bringing words to pass and to avoid breach of trust. So don't tell me words can't change matter. Entire businesses today and services are being built on bringing words to pass and to avoid breach of trust. So don't tell me words can't change matter. I'm going to leave it at this for this episode. Don't tell me words can't change matter take the scenario i just described and you'll see that everything 
that every business service you're using, everything, your movements, people moving from A to B is because at the core of it, it is two pillars, words and trust. Everything is just to bring words to pass and to avoid breach of trust. Seller. This was episode 13 of Quantum Faith Meets Quantum Physics. In the next episode, we'll continue exploring the two pillars that our world operates on, words and trust. We'll look at different scenarios of how words and trust actually move physical matter around. Your host for today was Calvin Cavanda. Thanks for listening and see you on the next episode.
don't do without the truth. They just coming with the teeth. No, I'm coming with the juice.